0: Hello, my name is Michael, and this is Interfilm Recommends, a regular podcast for film club leaders to explore new and exciting titles with your clubs. Today I'm joined by Eleanor. Hello. And we'll be exploring two films suitable for primary age clubs, and they are Kubo and the Two Strings and Phantom Boy. So let's kick off straight away with Kubo and the Two Strings. So this is a PG certificate, we have it on our catalogue as 7 plus. And it sees a young boy named Kubo uh, trying to track down his samurai father's magical suit of armour. And he does this in order to overcome the uh, spirits of the past. And you can hear a little bit more about uh, Kubo's journey in this clip uh, with the director, Travis Knight. Kubo is very much his own kid and you know he is the son of a of a of a goddess and the greatest samurai the world has ever known. And that's that's you know, those are pretty big shoes to fill. But like all of us, he's gotta chart his own path, he's gotta go his his own way. And and as he goes on this journey, we just see what adversity does, like how people confront adversity, how people confront, you know, loss, how people confront these things when, when we're confronted with them, which we all do in our lives. Okay, so as you can hear from that clip, uh, that gives you a little bit of a taste of, uh, of the adventure that Kubo goes on. So, Eleanor, um, how, how does Kubo and the Two Strings sort of showcase and explore storytelling?
1: I think storytelling is at the heart of this film, it's explored in quite a few ways actually, Um, to begin with um, as Travis Knight was saying, uh, it's all about this young boy who kind of has to chart his own path and find his own way when confronted with adversity so it's very much a classic hero's journey it's a a quest film Um, and while it's not in itself a traditional tale, it's certainly influenced by quest myths um, and has lots of those kind of tropes that we might expect Um, you know, he kind of begins in a certain situation, he's got a something happens that he has to overcome and along the way some characters will appear that help him and some that hinder him and at the end he is kind of a stronger person because of it as well as being um, a very interesting story in itself that kind of celebrates all those traditional types of storytelling um, Kubo is in himself a storyteller um, and as we'll hear there's a clip from the opening scene of the film which really kind of grabs your attention and makes the hair stand up on the back of your neck as he starts to begin to tell his own tale
0: if you must blink Do it now. Pay careful attention to everything you see and hear, no matter how unusual it may seem. And please be warned, if you fidget, if you look away, if you forget any part of what I tell you, even for an instant, then our hero will surely perish.
1: Kubo makes his living um, by being a storyteller as well. Um, he listens to his mother's stories. Um, she helps him understand where he's come from and maybe what he needs to do. Um, and he's kind of uh, almost her carer in a way as well. So he listens to her stories and then he has to go out and make a living to take care of them both by telling stories in the village that they both live in. Um and he, he does that using this incredible magic origami.
0: The film has um, plenty to say uh, aside from storytelling and, and the way it expresses that. So uh, family is obviously key here. Uh, we've mentioned uh, Kubo and the relationship he has with his mother already. But there are other characters, uh, other family members in this. And the construct of family as a whole is is certainly explored as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um I mean, I don't want to give too much away about it, but yeah, the the importance of family is explored throughout the film. I mean, he's with his mother, as I said earlier, he's almost got a sort of caring role with her. But also she makes him very aware that there are elements in the family that are perhaps a bit dangerous for him. Um, So it's all about um, the importance of memory, the importance of honouring family traditions, um, and kind of finding who you are through your family, but also um, by... Being having the courage to stand up when there are elements in your family that perhaps don't share the same values as you.
0: Okay, so just stepping away from um, theme for a moment, uh, the actual look of the film itself is, is quite incredible. Uh, all done with stop-motion animation, which uh, Leica, the studio, very well known for. Um, are there any other films that you could compare it to the the style and the look of this film?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, it's it's beautiful. The textures in it are incredible. The attention to detail is just stunning. Um, I mean, it's created in the studio in Portland, but you know the way that they've taken on the look of um, I think it's eighteenth century Japan. Mm-hmm and what they're wearing, the way that people move mm-hmm. because of that, and, you know, all the sort of samurai stuff. Um, it's it's incredibly beautiful. Um, but what it actually really reminds me of um, in the sort of texture of the animation is uh, James and the Giant Peach, actually. Oh, yes. Which, um, although a very different kind of tone oh, yes. of story, is quite similar in a lot of ways. You know, it's a, it's a young boy, something happens that means he has to go on a journey, and he has some interesting creature companions. And also... Um, it's one of the obvious parallels is Jason and the Argonauts, the classic film, um, which featured a lot of um, Ray Harryhausen's um, amazing stop motion animation, special effects, and creatures. Um, and again, as I mentioned, because uh, Kubo is kind of going on this this hero's quest and has to battle these monsters on the way, mm-hmm. th- there's definitely um, an influence there of the the kind of monsters that Jason had to battle.
0: Yeah, probably quite an interesting comparison as well uh, in terms of you can see how how far stop motion has come in you know 40 years i guess
1: yeah but also um i mean like really embrace all the traditional techniques as well i mean even um I mean, the opening scene, I've mentioned it before because of the way it's kind of so attention grabbing with the narration. But also it's got this fantastic wave sequence, um, which is really difficult to animate. Water is kind of Mm. infamously a really tricky thing to capture. Uh, And they did that with CGI, actually. But the way that they did it, they wanted to make it look like stop motion animation. So they kind of had to invent all these different things to make it work and make it fit in with the look of the rest
0: of the film. So moving on now to our second film of the episode, which is Phantom Boy. This is also a PG certificate, and we also put it at seven plus on our catalog. And it sees a sick boy with mysterious powers aid a, a police investigation into a criminal who is attempting to destroy New York City. Police, don't move!
1: Inspector, we meet again. Exterminator, you're under arrest, and you're coming with me. Come catch me if you dare! <laughs> Wait, Leo, one question. I don't understand the name Exterminator. It means
0: he's not good, Lily. He's the bad guy.
1: Leo, do you still have to go to the hospital tomorrow? Yeah, of course. Will you be there a long time? They don't know.
0: And this film, much like Kubo and the Two Strings, also heavily features storytelling. Um, so what, what similarities does it have and, and what's different in, in the way it approaches storytelling?
1: Well, a major similarity is that both films open with storytelling. So um, with Phantom Boy, our main character, Leo, who is the um, young boy who's quite unwell, is... Mm-hmm. Um, is telling his younger sister a story and um, and that's the kind of special bond that kind of forms the heart of the film and kind of goes throughout. It's kind of um, their coping mechanism with what's happen- happening to him. It's also a way that they kind of um, appreciate the excitement um, of... Sort of different things like film noir and detective stories um, that then go on to form the kind of um, slightly supernatural slash crime element of the film, which is the police investigation, which Leo ends up aiding in and becoming a really important part of. That's kind of like storytelling for the audience um, and Leo becoming the hero of that story um, in a way that in his own real life, he's actually, um, you know, a very sick Young boy who, um, by this point in the film, is actually in hospital.
0: Yeah, he does have a, a very serious illness, um, but he he does make a, a conscious choice and decision to use his uh, his other powers, his phantom powers, if you like, for good um, to save the city and to save you know the people in it. Um, so what what sort of sacrifices does he make in order to do this?
1: He basically gets drawn into this criminal investigation that appeals to him so much because um, he has this special ability to basically become this phantom and be able to travel and see things that ordinary people cannot Um, and because of this he is invaluable to the investigation Mm -hmm. Um, but unfortunately because of the time and the energy that he spends kind of away from this body um, in in this form he actually kind of depletes his strength and and starts to set back his own recovery so the more time he kind of spends in the investigation and trying to kind of solve this crime, which, you know, is a kind of ticking time bomb. Um, so it's something that he is very invested in doing and, and will be for the good of the entire city, Yeah, is having a, a very negative toll on his body and also on his ability to connect with his family when they come and visit him as well.
0: And re- relatedly, actually, uh, more and more films, both primary and secondary, seem to be put in uh, the subject of serious or even terminal illness uh, at the center of their stories um, and how, how, how does Phantom Boy do this, and how does it find a balance in its torn between um, between grief and and a sense of adventure if you like
1: I think the way that um, Phantom Boy handles this is well again it's it's just this very exciting crime story, uh, and the fact that this young boy has this special ability that puts him at the centre of it and makes him the hero is kind of a way of reclaiming his place and and sort of feeling like he's not fading away from the world that he's present in because he's he's at the centre of this. Um, But also the connection between him and his little sister and the stories that they tell one another and the special bond that they have is kind of um, the tender emotional heart of the story. Um, So you sort of see him and her and you see how she kind of responds when he's not there and the fact that she has to start telling herself stories because she misses him so much
0: yeah they're definitely Um, some of the nicest moments of the film yeah
1: they're really sensitive very tender um and very special i think um and it's it's just a way of of accepting that these difficult things do happen to real families and have that impact but it's the way it's handled is not too Melodramatic. It's it's just the right tone.
0: So, what other films um, does this remind you of? Is there are there any um, other sort of comparison titles that you can think of that might help our audience?
1: The director Alain Gagnol, who was one of the main animators on the film, has also made another film, uh, A Cat in Paris, which uh again is about a young person in a difficult situation who's dealing with grief um and she ends up being involved in a crime narrative as well. So it's got that same animation style that's um very kind of arty and edgy, um very textural. There's a lovely use of colour and light and shade to kind of bring the adventure to life and and really pick up on those elements of film noir but make it suitable for a young audience um, that means it's very visually appealing but also again has that adventure element. And also, I would say, um, although it's aimed at a slightly older audience, I would say upper primary um, is A Monster Calls, uh, which, while it's not about the main character, Connor, being ill himself, um, he is also going through um, dealing with serious illness in that his mother is very sick. Mm -hmm. Um, And the way that he does that is actually through storytelling again and through this fantasy and escapism um, and having this kind of character that he bounces off and that they tell one another stories that help him process what he's going through.
0: Okay, so that's everything on Phantom Boy, and that's uh, this week's episode. Do check out our previous podcasts on SoundCloud, which are accompanied by show notes, which link to uh, film guides, film lists, blogs, and video content. And if you are also interested in secondary content, we have a new podcast episode available this week featuring Hunt for the Wild People and Sonita.